Hello and welcome back to Lounge with Books. I'm Sophie. And I'm Claire. And we are two friends keeping in touch through the power of books. And our 12th book club read is currently The Den by Keith Gray. We've just started reading this and we've just read the first 50 pages. We've got up to chapter 8. And this is a very small book. It's a Barrington Stoke book. And if you're not familiar with Barrington Stoke, they publish books for young people who maybe don't really like reading or they have dyslexia and these books are printed on special paper so it's easier to read and also they're quite punchy fast-paced stories so this was Claire's choice for us both and it's nice to go back to YA and it is nice to go back to one of these stories because I remember when we used to be librarians we used to grab the Barons and Stokes off the shelf and we read it to the kids in their like library lessons and they used to love them. And Keith Gray was a fan favourite of our students back when we used to read his books. And of course, if you haven't already, do listen to our author interview with Keith Gray as well because he's a really interesting guy. But I digress. The Den. Thoughts, Claire? Oh my goodness. Well, the two main characters are... Uh, well, the main character is Marshall and there's Rory. It started off quite slow. They were on the, the bike, weren't they? And they fell off the bike. And then it picked up pace. And then you start discovering these characters that are Marshall and Rory. And Marshall doesn't seem to have a very good home life. He lives with his dad and his dad is just really... He listens to heavy metal music and he's very... He's just disregarding of anybody around him, really, isn't he? And I just think he's just a bit neglected and he doesn't seem to have a very home, very good home life and he just wants to escape that. And they discover this den under this cottage that's been demolished, that's been broken down. I think it was called Skelter Cottage. It was, yeah, and this was quite a prominent feature in the town. You know, a lot of people thought it was haunted. A lot of people liked to go into this cottage. This cottage had quite a feature in the town because it was haunted and everybody wanted to go into it. And obviously the two boys turn up at this cottage to almost dare each other to go into it. And it's been bulldozed. It's not there. But instead, they stumble across an old World War Two sort of bunker where the family of that cottage would have gone during the air raids and it's quite interesting because they explore it there's a bit of adventure but as you say I think for me the den started to become very interesting and gripped me when we started learning more about Marshall and his home life with his dad in particular and I really wanted to get into that and what was going on because his dad from the sounds of it has got depression because he's had an accident at work and he's not been able to live up to maybe his dream and I think his dream was maybe more important than his children. But what what gets me is that the mum's not in the picture. And it seems like the mum may have left when the dad started getting this depression and started falling into bad habits. But why didn't she take the kids? That's what I don't understand. Because his sister's now at university, so she's kind of got out. But Marshall's left with him and it doesn't sound very nice. And I just don't understand where the mum's gone. Yeah, maybe we're going to find out why why she just left. I don't know. I mean, you can understand why the dad was quite depressed because he had a really bad accident that happened, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to divulge and give too much of the story away. But, you know, I, yeah, it's just crazy that she just upped and left the children. Very strange. But hopefully we might find out a bit more about that. 
But what's interesting is we've only got like just over 50 pages to go and there seems to be a lot that we, we want to find out and, and yes. how the story's <laughs> going to go. And it's quite dark and I feel that Marshall is quite obsessed with this den, this bunker. Well, yeah, because the bunker almost symbolises his escape. He's always talking about how his sister's managed to escape and he doesn't think he'll ever get the grades to be able to go anywhere. Um, so how is he going to escape? Well, he's going to take refuge in this den, mm. uh, which is obviously shared with Rory. Currently, they seem to be having a nice time, but Rory's mum's quite controlling, so she's obviously going to probably find out that something's amiss. Um, and then, obviously, the dad's introduced maybe this other boy that has no friends, is a bit of an introvert. Is he going to join the group at some point? And they're always referring to the dog kennels as well. So I'm like, are there going to be dogs in it at some point? I don't know. There's a lot of loose threads. And I'm just like, how is he wrapping this up in 50 pages? Yeah, there seems to be an awful lot, but uh, I'm sure he will. But it's definitely keeping us reading. It's it's good. I'm, I'm finding it very interesting. But I, I quite like the end of chapter four where he says, this place was going to be mine, my den, my hideout, my escape. So you can see how much he feels that he wants to keep this den a secret. He doesn't want anyone to know about this den. That could get messy. Well, I, we know it's going to get messy because Keith kind of mentioned in, in our interview that it might get messy. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, thoroughly enjoying this. I'd say, you know, if, you know, as an adult reader, I, I'm enjoying this. But if you do have a student... Um, you know, if you work in a library or a teacher, 11 to 13, this is brilliant. And I'd also say if you've got young children, you know, I'd say you could probably read this from the age of maybe 10 and above, just because of some of the language that is used. I think it'd be better for 10 year olds, maybe. But really, really good book, very gripping. And you want to know what's going on next. So on that note, next week, we're going to be finishing this little gem, aren't we, Claire? Mm-hmm. And we're going to be, we will review it. We won't give too much away because we don't usually talk too much about the end of the book, do we? But we will mention a few little bits. And then and then we will be starting our next book, but we'll mention that next week. We will be starting the next book, which is our 13th book club read, which Claire has chosen as well. But we will mention the name of that book again next week. Um, so you can obviously get on board and join us for that one. But me and Claire haven't spoken about the books that we've been reading outside of our book club reads for a long time. So is there mm. a lot to fill you in on? Maybe. How are you getting on with the backpack? Because you weren't overly keen on the main character. Uh, no, I wasn't very keen on her, was I? Because <laughs> I found her a bit and, pretentious. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that can slow you down. Yeah. So Emily Barr's backpack is what I'm reading at the moment. And um, the character has grown on me a little bit. But I'm like, I've got, oh, how many, probably 50 pages to go in the story. And I thought it was going to be more of a, you know, a crime, some murder happens or whatever. And there is a serial killer that is running around Asia, killing women that look like her in different parts of Asia. But that's all you know. And all it's all the story is about is just following her around and her relationships with people. Well, not not romantic relationships. She just grow little friendships she makes, but she is in a relationship with this chap who's called Max, and her ex 
comes out at Christmas to Thailand to visit her called Tom and she ends up going and spending time with him and she drops back into being a little bit pretentious and drinking and stuff like that do you know what I mean being quite annoying and and a bit immature whereas actually when she's as she's been traveling around Asia she's growing into a much nicer person she's being more considerate she's just being a bit more laid back you know not losing that city girl kind of feel about her but she drops back into it with Tom but then she leaves Tom and she realizes that she's in love with Max and so she goes off to find him again and she's now back with Max he took her back that's crazy I know yeah so yeah I'm carrying on reading it but it's it's not Emily Barr's usual but then it probably is one of her first books so um I'm going to say now, I, I, I'm going to say now, because I know I will have read this by the end of next week, that I'm, I'm going to give it a return. Yes, I was going to say, I can't tell that, like, it's it's not captivated you as much as you thought it might. No. Because no. it's taken you quite, and I always think if a book takes you quite a while to read and it's not overly long, you know, it's 300 pages roughly, it's because you're not really in it. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought there was going to be a little bit more action. I mean, maybe it's going to happen in these 50 pages that the serial killer is going to try and kill her. I don't know. But she's actually dyed her hair brown now so that she's not blonde. Her and her friend have dyed their hair brown so that he, he's not going to chase after them anyway because he only goes for blonde girls, apparently. Yeah, it's a bit it's, strange because you were hoping that just, was going to be the A plot, but it's a bit of an yeah. E plot, like it's not it even is, relevant. Not really, no. It's just about it's just about her and her the friendship she makes and the relationship she's in and and she has email contact with people back home as well and there's it's just a yeah. I can I can say no more. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously last time we spoke I said that I would try and finish the death of a bookseller by Alice Slater and I still haven't finished that book. I've not oh. even touched it actually since we last spoke about it because out of the other books that I've got on the go, that one just is just, and also it's a bit cringy. I left it at a really cringy moment and now I feel like I can't go back to the book because it just made me go, ugh. Like the girl, one of the girls has got like a really unhealthy obsession with the other girl and then she's broken into her house and she's looking around her house and then the last chapter I read she fell asleep on her bed and the other girls like on her way home from work and I just thought I don't want that awkward altercation I don't want to read about it these characters are weird and I don't really like the story so that one is probably gonna I don't like doing DNF so I I will finish it but it will be a a strong return (laughs) oh you're never going to finish that book. You're never going to finish <laughs> no, it. No, I will. It's gonna I... Be... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it on my Goodreads anymore. I will finish it. But anyway, last time you suggested I read Echo by Thomas Old Hoovelt. I say suggested, you chose out of the three that I read the one-liners from. And this is a very chunky book. It is a, it's a hardback and the text is quite small. So it's, it's quite a long book. I'm over halfway through, when I had three days off one time at a weekend, I read all those pages in like one go. It was, 
I would say it's a very slow burn thriller. So I started reading and I was like, I feel like we're rehashing like the same themes over and over and over again. But when the penny dropped in this book, I do think it dropped a lot harder because of all that build up. But you almost have to go through that for it to really hold some substance, if that makes sense. But when I was reading it, I was like, this is a bit dull. Like, why do we keep going over this over and over again? But the main story is about Sam and Nick. And Sam and Nick are in a partnership, like they've been dating for, I think it's about two years, maybe a bit more. And Nick's a bit of an adrenaline junkie and he likes climbing. So he's gone on a climbing expedition with a guy called Augustine up this mountain called the Mordit. But there is a fatal accident. Augustine doesn't come back down the mountain and Nick's found disfigured, really injured and his face will never be the same again. So Sam flies out to obviously see his partner, see if he's okay, but Nick seems like a completely changed person. Like, he smells different, he acts different, and there's something just off about him. And the nurses are all like, oh yeah, it could be PTSD, it could be this. And as you go through the story, you're almost questioning, is there something more to this? Like, is it based in reality or is there sort of a mythical explanation behind this as well, like supernatural? And it's just quite good because you flick between the two characters. So you flick between Sam, who's, you know, normal, he's unaffected by anything, um, and his experience of being with Nick. And then you flick to Nick and what's going on in his mind currently, but also what happened on the mountain when he was travelling with Augustine. And it is so creepy. Those sections on the mountain have to be like my favourite bits. But it's a really good book. It's a very slow burn. I'm I'm interested to get mm. to the end of it. But I would say it's definitely a book that it doesn't get going straight away. Like, you've got to give it a lot of time. Um, but I'm glad I have put the time in because I am enjoying it now. That, that was a really long explanation. <laughs> How far through that book are you? I'm on about page 200 of, like, 400, so roughly half halfway I think it's like 384 or something so I mean I'd like to say I'll finish it next week but I don't know (laughs) but I've also got two audiobooks on the go because me and my partner are obsessed with Richard Osman's Thursday Murder Club series like obsessed um, I read the first two in paperback and then I listened to the third one on audiobook and we got the fourth one on audiobook as well because we travel a lot to see her family so we always put it on in the car and I'm halfway through this book as well and it's so good. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> Do you know when you when you read series and sequel like you just think at some point it's going to get bad like yeah, you can't go just flat. keep Yeah. but no somehow they get better and I don't know if it's because I love the characters so much so I really like revisiting them and each book they seem to grow in ways that you weren't expecting or you just so you feel so close to these characters that you just love following them around doing mundane tasks I just absolutely adore it and he's done it again this book is brilliant like I say halfway through and I'm I'm obsessed I want to know what's going on and it's just very sad it really touches at the heartstrings because the characters are so old you know 
they're going through ailments mm. or illnesses or they lose partners or friends or you know one of the characters has got alzheimer's and that is such no. a sad sad yeah. storyline and somehow he blends that all in with a really good mystery and also just british humor and it's great because the the humor in it is so observational of what we're like as a nation that you just sit there and go oh yes I can imagine someone like that or you find yourself laughing because you know there's only references you could get because of the British humour I just they're very 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 good books I know you've not read them yet Claire have you no I haven't read them yet I do need to get round to them but I feel like I'm I'm reading them through you Sophie yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're brilliant they're absolutely brilliant I can't recommend these books I don't think I need to recommend them because everyone a lot of people do uh, yeah, read them I, I think they're, they're always at the top they're always at the top aren't they of the yeah of all the, the charts chart. I'm just shocked I'm just shocked that this one is as good yeah how, how do they the, keep what getting this better? one this is number four and it's called the last devil to die Ooh. <laughs> he's very talented isn't he Richard Osman yeah, he's, he's one of those he's people the, that you think you wouldn't like because he's so talented, but also you'd be like, damn, you're so talented, uh, you're great. Yeah, but he looks like someone that you could have a good chat with. Yeah, like he'd know everything. Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. I think he'd be interesting. <laughs> but I don't have any other book news. I just, I've just, i just been mm. reading that one, you see. I've just, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, taking my because time. I can't can't listen to that audio book the Richard Osman one all the time because I have to be with Sarah when I listen to it yeah. so I had to pick up another one which I listen to when I'm out and about in my car and that one's the four seasons in Japan by Nick Bradley and oh. I could talk a bit more about this one next week but it is a lovely book it's about a, a girl living in Japan and she's a translator she's broken up with her girlfriend because her girlfriend's moved to New York and it's about her trying to find the next book that she wants to translate. And she finds that book. And as she's translating that book, you dip from her story in reality to actually reading the translated book as she goes through. Oh, and it's okay. so good because the actual story that she's translating... I mean, to begin with, I was a bit confused because I didn't realise it was the story. I thought they were like separate characters. <laughs> but then I realised it was the book she was translating. Um, but yeah, that the story within the story is really, really good. And I, I can see how it almost has parallels to what's happening in her own life and what she can learn from this, this fictional book that she's translating. And I don't know, it's just such a lovely, lovely story. Again, I'm, I'm literally halfway through that one. All my books are now at like 50% of the way through. Oh, okay. Which means next week I would have finished none of them. <laughs> well, hopefully I will have a new. Hopefully I'll have a new book next week, and I'll be finished with the backpack. You you <laughs> can speak the whole of the podcast. I feel like I've just been chatting like for twenty minutes and not let you speak like not let Claire speak the whole no, time. No, I haven't had that much to say this week. Nothing. To I've say. been. It's been busy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you've had a busy time. Yes. Yeah. Getting your cottage ready for holiday netting. I, I liked your Instagram. You went through yeah. your shelves. Yeah. You'll have to plug that, Claire, when it's ready. I will do. Some of our listeners might want to come have a visit. Yeah, stay in the cottage. <laughs> scan the QR yeah. code. Read the books that we've been talking about for over a year. 
Cottage Take pictures in of Whitby. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll be putting that link like in all of our descriptions later. Yeah. <laughs> Book at the podcast cottage. The po- oh my god. The, the podcast, podcast cottage. cottage. <laughs> You'll have to put some like fake podcasting equipment in there. <laughs> that would be funny, wouldn't it? That would be good. Wouldn't it? Yeah, they could yeah. record like reviews of the cottage using the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't they think the be, idea will take they off. Could, they could use them as Instagram pictures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Holding the books. <laughs> yeah. As you can tell, I've got a business lady. <laughs> oh. Anyway. But I guess that is it from us. Yes. So do remember, we are reading To the End of the Den by Keith Gray. We'll be discussing our thoughts on the book and give you our final review. And then next week as well, we'll be starting our next book club read which we already have in the pipeline as i've said do check out the author interview with keith gray as well because it's a really good one and it is goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me